take that. We want to use it to write notes in while I'm sharing this morning. It's your gift from us. And um, I wonder if you could do that now, but if you could give me your attention just while I'm talking. So receive one, but give me your attention. So I wonder, guys, if you could just hand them around, that'll be great. If I can just say a great big thank you to everybody who's been involved in planning the last two weekends. You've been absolutely amazing. We have many dream teams that actually exist within Arena Church. Many people give hours upon hours upon hours to just help and serve in the life of the church. And we're very, very grateful to each and every one of them. And I wonder why you're taking your pad, your journal, whether we could just show our appreciation to all those people who've served us so well and continue to serve us so well in the life of the church. You'll notice there's a lot of new things that have happened in the hall and we'll give and draw attention to some of these signs that are there during the course of my message and my time with you. As I said, everybody's been given a grow journal, a grow notepad with a pen in it. So there's no excuses this morning for none of us to take notes. I was reflecting this week. This was my reflections because actually on Tuesday, and we had a great first Tuesday by the way, for those who were at first Tuesday, give me a wave if you were there and you enjoyed it. And it was, it was just fantastic, just fantastic to be together. And on Tuesday, 16 years ago, Caroline and I, with our two little girls, and they were small, with a not very big van, because we really didn't have that much, genuinely, we pulled up and pitched up at, at Ilkeston. We moved from Milton Keynes, and we moved and joined Eric and Carol Hobson as the pastors of then Ilkeston Christian Centre, now called Arena Church. We didn't have much, but I'll tell you what we did have. We had a passion to grow. And we had a passion to see God's church grow. God has been very good to us because in August 2007, Phil and Sharon Pye, they joined us here and they brought an immense contribution and value to the life of the church. I'm grateful for many, many leaders who have risen up in this church and now you're just serving in so many different ways and you're doing incredible things in Jesus' name. But I think on 16 years ago, And I think where it was, the reality is we had one building, and it wasn't this building. It was this site, but it wasn't this building. And that was pretty much what we had. And all I want to say is this, God has been very good to us over 16 years. And in that 16 years, we've seen the church grow, we've seen resources grow, we've seen leaders grow, we've seen outreaches and ministries grow, we've now got Many multiple buildings, we've now got multiple leaders, we've now got a staff that operate, not just a couple of people. God has been extremely good to us, I think we'd all agree. But I was thinking, this was my reflection, began to think, what would the next 16 years look like? What could the next 16 years, if I can be really just, you know, just, just, sorry, what did I say? 76, Okay. Well, as a bearing, because I'll be 60. I'll be 60. 
And I began to just think about what could the next 16 years as we plot our course to hand it over to a a new generation, what could it begin to look like? And I began to say to the Lord, Lord, would you add a note on some of those things? Could you add a few notes on some of those things? So instead of just having two church plants, well, two churches, we now add a note onto that. So we've got 20. You know where I'm going. Instead of having two, you know, two, three, four hundred people, we have two, three, four thousand people. Begin to just say to the Lord, just very burdened, just on that Wednesday when I had some, a moment, just God, what could you do amongst us? And it all really goes around this word grow. Because God wants us to grow. I remember when we moved into that house 16 years ago, and actually my brother and his wife, they now own that house, so they've changed, I think we changed the doors, or they changed the doors, but on the doors, they were older doors, and we decided that what we were going to do with our two girls, and I'm sorry if you're over there, but we were going to take the door on the inside, and we were going to measure their height. And this could be a reminder of where they were, and how much they've grown. Now, this is not realistic, okay? This wasn't how tall they were in 2006, okay? But the reality is, I don't know whether you've ever done this, but you can often just make a marker of what your children's height is like. Because you're expecting them to... You're expecting them to grow. I want to say there's an expectation from God placed upon Arena Church, and that is for us to grow. In this year, in this season, this is very much on the heart of the leaders and on the heart of God for this church, Arena Church, to enter into a growth that we've never experienced before. This is where God wants us to go, and actually wants us to grow at every single level. You may say, well, how do you know he wants us to go? Well, grow. There's a Bible verse found in 1 Corinthians and chapter 3. I actually do love this verse, and this is what it says. It's Paul addressing a particular issue, because what was happening, there were people who were trying to just take it to themselves. They were trying to say, well, it's all about Peter, it's all about Paul. And Paul addresses the church at Corinth by saying this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered the seed, But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God makes things grow. Let me tell you, the whole purpose of what Paul was trying to say to us is, please don't take it to yourself. And please hear me this morning. Our heart is not to just celebrate all the wonderful things that we have done. Because it's ultimately God who's brought the growth. But I want to just put this as a basis God does want you and God does want me and God wants us to grow. God wants us to grow. And if I can say this, I honestly believe that we have a philosophy in the UK church that God doesn't want us to grow. We've all, all almost built a theology about the fact that God doesn't want us to grow. And I want to say it's a lie of the enemy. Growth is not just assigned to the African church or the Australasian church or the Asian church. God wants the British church to grow. 
And he wants to do the immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. That's the kind of growth that God wants to bring us into. And so you could say to yourself, okay, Christian, well, that's wonderful, but how is this growth going to come about? I just want to share three thoughts. And then at the end, I'm just going to conclude with four particular points that we want to make. So there's three things, and you'll notice in your books, there are three things that we're looking at today. We're going to be looking at reaching, we're going to be looking at multiplying, and we're going to be looking at influencing. So Father, I just pray now that you would help me to just unpack these thoughts. And Lord, those things that are not of you that I would just forget, and those things that are of you, they would be brought to my memory, and they would be clearly communicated to every heart. We know your heart is for people. Your heart is for every one of our lives to grow, and also as a community to grow. So help us now. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're wanting to say to us at this particular time. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want to just dive into a text if I can, and it's found in Colossians and chapter 1. Colossians and chapter 1 and verse 3, it's going to come up on the screens. This is what Paul writes. He says, whenever we pray for you, we always begin by giving thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard how much you trust the Lord and how much you love his people. Let's go to the next verse. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world and changing lives everywhere. Just as it changed yours, that very first day you heard about it and understood about God's great kindness to sinners. I love the fact that Paul is addressing this church that interestingly is never visited. He never physically visited this church. But it clearly was a leader who had some influence from Paul who went and planted this church. And Paul had heard about this church. And Paul was wanting to speak to this church. He was wanting to speak a word of encouragement. He was wanting to speak a word of of, um, inspiration. He was wanting to speak a word of challenge. And he was always also wanting to speak strategically. If I can say those things this morning, just in this time that I've got with you, I'd like to be able to do all of those on our Vision Sunday. I'd like to encourage you, inspire you. I'd like to speak about strategy. But the thing that I love about Paul, before we dive into it, is he opens it up from verse 3. If we can just go back to that, please, then that would be great. He says, whenever we pray for you, we always begin by giving thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul understood... That beyond the strategy, beyond the reach of what he wanted to do, it was all about people. And I want to say, at the very heart of what we're going to share this morning, is all about people. Paul was expressing his pastor's heart to this church. And if I can speak as a pastor this morning, I thank God for you. I thank God for what he's doing amongst you. I thank God for what he's doing in your life. Some of you are flourishing, some of you are growing, some of you are developing, and it's wonderful to see. And I thank God for you. But then he also goes on to say three things, or three particular things that I look at as we read this text. Because Paul is really celebrating them, and he also uses this phrase, for we have heard how much you trust the Lord, and in red, how much 
you love his people. How much you love his people. You see, what Paul was expressing is that they had a heart to reach out. This love compelled them to reach. This love compelled them to go. Bearing in mind that Paul understood the words that had been passed from Jesus, the final words were, go into all the world and make disciples. And Paul was thrilled by the fact that this church loved people. And this love of people caused them to reach out to those who were far away from Jesus. Across this area, there are literally millions upon millions of people who don't know Jesus. There are literally millions of people who are broken and who are lost. There are other multiple millions who are actually having a good time and they think life revolves around them. And our message and our mission is to go and reach people. Our heart from Arena Church, the one first thing that we want to do is we want to reach out to people. We want to touch people's lives. I love what it talks about in the verses that we find in 2 Peter and chapter 3 and verse 9. It says in those verses, I wonder if we could get it, that's great. The Lord is not slowing in doing what he promised, the way some people understand slowness. But God is being patient with you. Listen, he does not want anyone to be lost. Are you with me this morning? He does not want anyone to be lost. But he wants all people to change their hearts and lives. I actually love what the New King James Version says. His heart is that none should perish. His heart is that none should perish. The heart of God is for his church to reach out to those who are far away from God. Recently, in recent days, I've been reading much about Spurgeon. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. What a great pioneer he was. And he had some understanding around this whole thing of reaching. In fact, this is what he said to the church. Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. I'll leave that on the screen for a moment. Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. If we do not have a heart, listen to me church, if we do not have a heart, and Paul was saying, I've heard how much you love his people. This church in in, in Colossians had a heart to reach those who were far away from God. If we do not have a heart to reach out to people, who are far away from God, then we are not ministering out of the heart of God. If churches do not have an outward focus, if they do not have a heart to reach people, this morning, if you've come in and you're wondering what it's all about, our heart is even in this morning for God's love to reach you. God's heart is for every single one of us to take his love into this world. That is the heart of God. And the first thing we want to do is continue to affirm this value of reaching lost people. Can I hear an amen amongst the church? You're very quiet. We want to be people that are reaching. Now you may say, well, how is that going to work out? Well, there's a number of things that we're going to continue to do throughout this year. 
We're very grateful for the fact that we have Serve One events. These events give us the opportunity to actually connect as a church community and go and bless and reach our community. I forgot to say, what am I talking about when I say the word reaching? Well, it basically means to succeed in touching, communicating with, and having an effect on. That is basically what we talk about. We want to be someone who actually touches and communicates those who are far away from God. And our heart is through Serve One. Our heart is through the weekend experience, through Sundays. This is why we try and craft the kind of service that we do. We want it to be an expression of God's heart for lost people. We want to continue to build ministries around reaching and serving and helping and ministering to. We don't just want to do the things that we've always done. We want to make sure they're effective in this mission of reaching people who are far away from Jesus Christ. We want to make sure that in our reaching, we continue to bless those beyond our own borders. What am I talking about? One of the things you might want to write this down on your pad, not only do we want people to serve locally through Serve One events, and you'll hear that phrase, Serve One, Serve One, that's through helping schools with their gardens, it's through serving elderly people, it may be through whatever we want to do, through our community hub, you can serve, through the life of the church, you can serve and reach, but we also want to encourage people to go beyond these borders. We want to encourage people to go, I think Phil mentioned it on Tuesday, beyond our borders and actually go on a short-term mission. We want to encourage every single person in the life of the church to go on a short-term mission. This world is so small and yet so large. And we want to encourage people to serve beyond ourselves. Yes? Are you hearing me? This is all part of our reaching. We do want to see, if I can say, people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And we want to see them baptized in water. And I'm so glad to announce that already we've got people who are saying we want to be baptized on that Easter Sunday. We're going to baptize on Easter Sunday morning. That's when we're going to baptize in both services. We're going to believe God for people to be baptized in both of those locations because we wanted to see people saved. We wanted to make a difference where we're at because we want to reach people who are far away from Jesus. The second thing that we want to do is that we want to multiply. Multiplying. There are literally hundreds of references to this word in the Bible. Hundreds. And again, I think we have a theology or have had a theology in the British church of addition. And God's heart has always been for multiplication. We settle for addition. God's heart is to multiply. God's heart is, and I'm not trying to in any way, shape or form, hype anybody up. I just, I'm asking us to see what he sees through the eyes of God. Because God's heart is that multiple millions, and I know why we do it. Walk down. So instead of saying hundreds, we say tens. Instead of saying thousands, we say hundreds. (laughs) And instead of saying millions, we say thousands, if that makes sense. We just always, and God's heart, God's heart in this world, in this country, 
in this area is for multiplication. I celebrate churches, I celebrate ministries that are having exponential multiplication. I'm not one of those who are forever thinking, well, it's all right for them, it's good for them. I actually celebrate when I hear of a story of God's kingdom advancing aggressively on earth. I love the fact that I hear it all around the world. There are churches who are not just adding to, they are multiplying. And I believe it's something that we need to step into. God's heart is for us to multiply. You noticed in Colossians, Paul said there, let's just go back to it. The same good news, verse 6, we've read it already. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Paul was saying, not only do you have a reach because you love God's people, but now this gospel, this message is going out all over the world. That's an incredible statement because actually the world was a very big place then. There wasn't planes, there wasn't email, there wasn't Skype, there wasn't satellite TV. There were horses, there were rickety old boats, there were no cars. There was the foot and there was the horses, the donkeys that would get you places. And yet he says that this gospel is going out all over the world. There was a multiplication effect that was happening. How did that happen? It came from a group of people who began to see what God is seeing. They began to feel what God was feeling. And they began to step in in faith and say, God, if you can do it there, if you can do it in Jerusalem, you can do it here. If you can do it in Thessalonica, you can do it here. If you can do it in Ephesus, you can do it here. That's all there was. There was a group of people who said, you know what? We'll give everything to this cause. We'll give everything to the cause of Christ. And we'll take the message Because we have a passion that none should perish. And we'll carry this message. And we'll believe for multiplication. One of the things I absolutely love, there are some things that you underline in your Bibles. In Acts chapter 12, verse 24, this is one of those. Because it says there, but the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. This word of the Lord continue to grow and to be multiplied. Can I just say here for Arena Church, that means to say that yes, we have a few hundred people, but God, could God give us a few thousand people in the next 16 years? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, well, we don't want that, you know. What will happen? What will, can we, we won't be able to meet here and, you know, and, uh, and that means that we, we're even going to be further parking away and I really won't know anybody. Listen to me, we've already said it. The heart of God is that none should perish. None should perish. But if that means we have to make adjustments here as God grows us throughout this year and multiplies us, then thanks be to God. This is God who's doing it. And we've got to believe that God wants to multiply our efforts. What does this multiplication look like? Well, if I can say to you, what it looks like for me is that we'll no longer have a service. We'll have many services what this multiplication looks like for me in Ilkeston is that actually from this place, we won't just have many, many services, but we'll have the opportunity to plant in many different places. This multiplication looks like for me that we'll actually have the ability to raise up leaders who can go and plant those other congregations. This multiplication looks like for me in terms of many, many small groups. If I can just say here, in the context of Arena, we should have at least 30 small groups. 
We have the small group leader here who's just spearheading that. There should be 30 small groups spread around Arena Church, just bringing life. Because we don't just want to create a big church, we want a small church. We want big church, small church. And the small church will allow us people to connect in loving relationships, one with another. And then they can celebrate together in the bigger thing. This is what God wants to do amongst us. That's what it looks like for me. I hope you're taking your notes because there's no bullet points that you're going to come on the screen. This is me sharing from my heart what God wants to do in these next 16 years. And let me tell you, there will be some people who will oppose us. There will be some people who will shout me down. But I want to say with confidence today, not with arrogance, with confidence that God is with me. God said to me two weeks ago, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. And in this time and in this day, I believe that God wants us to be strong and courageous. And he wants us to continue to move forward and believe him and trust him that he will bring the increase, that he will bring the growth. And it won't be addition, it will be multiple multiplication. God wants us to multiply. And the third thing is God wants us Sorry if I've spelt it wrong. I do know how to spell it. I'm just, yeah, influencing. He wants us to be an influence. He wants us to be influencing. What am I talking about when I use the word influencing? I love this. It is the capacity to have a deep effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. This is not fleeting. Some of you here have raised your hand to follow Jesus and it's just been a little fleeting. I believe that God, what God wants to do, even in this service, he wants to radically change your life. He wants to influence your life. So there's a radical change, a deep effect that happens on your whole being. I'm not just talking as building something that is just for the next 16 years. I'm talking about creating a legacy for years to come. One of the things that I have put towards the Assemblies of God in recent days as part of the mandate was to say, can we create something that will go way beyond you, John, and go way beyond you, the next leader, whoever that is. It will actually come and affect generations to come with just a very strategic thing that I've just offered to the guys. Because what we're not wanting to do is just build for now. Or if I can say this, even just build for tomorrow. We wanted to build for generations to come. Now, of course, the Lord may come back again. That's fine. But I don't want to be caught out. I don't want to be lazy in the meantime. Because what if he doesn't come back in the next hundred years? As some are announcing. By the way, nobody knows the time or dates. That's the Bible. Nobody knows. The appointed time, he, will, he said he will come. One thing I do know is he will come back again. And we want to create something that is of a legacy for generations to come. We're talking about influencing. I love what it says in Colossians. Let's just go back to it for a moment, shall we? Because it says there that not only... That they had a love for the people reaching. Not only that they, this good news came to you and is going out all over the world. But he then goes on to say, Paul in Colossians 1 verse 6. But it's changing lives everywhere. He's changing lives everywhere. If I can really boil this down to one thing. We're literally wanting. You don't need to get frightened. I'm not coming to get, grab you or whatever. There you go. 
Straight back to his mum, now there you are. We wanted to see lives changed. Can I ask you to think back to when your life was changed? For those who know Jesus, your life was changed forever. If you've never had that experience, you can have that experience today. When your life was just changed, forever changed. And it wasn't just, if I can say this, they often go to this, the Lisa or the Debbies of this world who are living such a chaotic, colorful life. And there's many of you here who've lived that kind of life. But there's actually some of us who lived almost a little bit like the Waltons. We just were okay. I guess Chris and Chris were here just okay. But their lives were changed. And this gospel is changing lives everywhere. We want to be an influencer. We want to have the heart to say, God, we're not just thinking about now. We're thinking about the days ahead. God is wanting to use us to influence people and many people for Jesus. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 6, there was an issue. And what was happening, Paul went into Thessalonica and started preaching the gospel in synagogues as he did. And this is just before, before I think it may be verse uh, 6. It's not verse 26, so it says there. It's actually Acts 17 verse 6. But this is the lead up to that, that verse. It says there that Paul shared the gospel in the synagogues. And there were many people who responded, uh, Greek Greek people who responded to the gospel. And there were many prominent women as well. And that would signify to me that they were, you know, people of, of business or commerce, of influence. And they found the Lord as well. But then what happened was the people, the, the religious leaders and the civic leaders started to think, hold on a minute here, there's something going off here, this is creating mayhem. And so what they did, they went to the house where Paul and Silas were meant to be, and it was at Jason's house. And they couldn't find them, so they grabbed Jason. And this is what they said in Acts chapter 17, verse 6. It reads, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren, brothers out of, uh, to the rulers of the city, crying out, Those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Have you got that verse again? I want to read it again. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren out to the rulers of the city, crying out, those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. If this is an influence, I don't know what is. Within a matter of years, this gospel, this glorious gospel of grace and of love and of mercy, this gospel that was demonstrated when Jesus hung upon a cross... And died for mankind, for the whole of the sins of the world. This wonderful, glorious gospel that I love so dearly. This gospel was now going to places and influencing places. And they would never be the same again. We are here as a result of those pioneers carrying the gospel. And it's carried with other pioneers. And it's carried with other pioneers. And it's carried not just beyond It's carried not just beyond in terms of Britain, but it's gone to the rest of the world, influencing. God wants us to influence. What does that look like for us here? I believe in Ilkeston, it's very different to Mansfield. And tonight I'll be speaking very specifically to Mansfield. So it will not be the same, same outline, but slightly different. 
But in Ilkeston, we thank God for the resources that we have. But if I can say this very boldly, one of the things that we're presently praying into and working into is that we need to create resources that will help us in two areas. One, amongst youth and children. Because we believe that we need to begin to make further inroads into impacting this town and this area amongst children and young people. Because we want to create a, a, a legacy of influence in the days ahead. We also want to continue with what God started in us with regards to the community. We thank God for what he's doing. I want to say the Woolworths Project is more significant than we realize. I've realized it. It's more significant than we realize. That shop is going to influence young people. It's going to influence middle-aged people. It's going to influence dysfunctional people. It's going to influence wealthy people. It's going to train people. It's going to give people hope. It's going to break generational cycles. People who've never been able to get a job. The mom and dad never had a job. They're going to get a job. And they're going to keep a job. And they're going to enjoy the job. And they're going to grow good businesses out of that job. Are you hearing me? That's what I believe. If you're just thinking, oh, we're just going to set up another thing and it's going to be all right. That's not the heart. The heart of it is that we want it to be going out all over. What are these people doing? They're taking over Ilkeston. Yes, thanks be to God. So our heart is that we would see these particular areas blessed of God, helped of God. And our heart is, as a leadership, is that we will continue to be a reaching people, that we will be a multiplying people, and that we will be an influencing people. Now here's some very, very quick things, just as I finish, and I will be quick, because you may say, well, that's all wonderful, but where are the next steps? Where are the next steps? Well, what we're trying to do is just create a pathway. And this is again in your, in your journal. We want to create a pathway for people to be helped to be someone who can reach, multiply, and influence. Because we have a firm conviction that there are four things that we need to focus on in this particular time. And over the next five weeks, we're going to be opening these things up. This is going to be our series over the next five weeks. The first thing is we want people to know God. You may say, well, I know God. Okay. I know David Cameron. But I don't know David Cameron. There are some people who say, well, I know God. Well, okay. But how much do you really know God? Because God wants to really know you. And he wants you to really know him. He doesn't want you to just know about him. He wants you to actually know him. And we want to help people in this next season to really know God. And if you don't know God this morning, we want to keep, I encourage you to keep coming under no pressure, under no dress. Just keep coming and listening. Because we want to help you to find God, to know God. The second thing is we want people... I'm sorry for those over there. It's a long one. We want people to find freedom. I've realized more and more that I'm not as free as I'd like to be. All of us have areas in our lives that God needs to keep working on us and in us. But if I can say this, there are some people who cannot enter the next stage 
which is discover your purpose, and I'll write that down in a moment, because it's almost like on the specs, you've just got blurry on your thing, and you just cannot see what God would want to do in you because you're carrying around so much baggage. And we all do. We want to help people to find freedom. We believe the best way for people to find freedom is in small groups. The best place where you can find freedom is in small groups. James chapter 5 talks about how we go in those groups and we confess our sins one to another. You may say that's impossible. No, it's not. You've got to find environments where you can do that honestly and openly. And where people can lovingly encourage you and correct you. And we come to the point where there's freedom that comes over our lives. If I can just say, we really do. We just carry stuff that we weren't meant to carry. And the next step for some maybe to come in and find freedom. This isn't to say that you've got mega issues. It isn't mean to say that you're demon possessed. It isn't mean to say that you've got all these issues that you're all going to put out. No, I'm not talking about that. But there's areas in our lives we just need to create and find greater freedom. The third thing is discover want people to discover their purpose. And I'll write the last one on. Sorry, it's taken me so long. There we go. Should have had somebody do this for me. Third one is discover your purpose want people to f- discover their purpose, what God has created you to be. Every one of us has gifts. Every one of us has skills. We want to help people to discover that. And then the fourth thing is we want people to make a difference. This happens through people getting involved in dream teams, serving in their workplace, serving their schools, making a difference. Can I just say this, that some of you, there's gold inside of you. And it needs to come out of you. The resource that's inside of you needs to come out of you. And this is where we, three and four, work. Because you actually realize, wow, really? God could use me for that. And then you're released. And you make a difference. You bless others and you bring influence. And we need to draw gold out of some people. These are going to be things that we're going to be ministering into. This is the how. These are some of the things that we wanted to work through in these coming. And if I can say, these aren't going to be just coming five weeks and then it's all going to be done. This is going to be something, a pathway. It's not a program. It's something that's just going to run through the life of the church because we want to help people to discover who they are, who God is, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. May God help us in all that we're seeking to do In Jesus' name. I wonder if we'd bow our heads for a moment in prayer.